Hello and hey there. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast, the show where we rank and discuss any list you can imagine. Best microwave dinner? Top gaming consoles? Best toaster ovens? What? Best underwear brand? Hey, nothing's off limits. Everyone is wrong, even when we think we are right. I'm your host today, Eric Shane, and with me as always is... Zachary Dale Rancourt. Zachary Dale Rancourt, how are you, sir? That is my full name. Don't wear it out. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I went snowboarding yesterday and I was crushing it, but I crashed pretty hard towards the end of the day. And uh, I'm I'm not in my 20s anymore. Just put it that way. So I've been pretty sore today. So that's okay, though. You know what? I, uh, I just got back from a run. So not not that bad. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're still going for a run, you must not be hurt that bad at all. So. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that you're active. I'm glad that you bounce back up. So that's good. You know who always bounces back up? Thomas Lee Lockhart. That's, that's true. Right. Oh, duh! I knew that because that's your email. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. For some reason, I didn't know that. Dumbledore just sounds better. Thomas Dumbledore Lockhart. It it, yeah. it is way better. Ugh. I don't know why we're going with middle names, but. Hey, my middle name's Thomas, so hey. Hey. Oh, sweet. It's a good brothers. <laughs> How you doing there, Tom? Uh, I'm doing great. I have a hole in my bathroom ceiling and a hole in my hallway that smells of raw sewage. So Gross. life's going good. That's yeah. awful, buddy. How's the uh how's the apartment situation shaping up? You're gonna get a place? Uh We've been looking and we found a place and we did the application and then we sent it in and they were like Oh, someone already got their application in. Sorry. It's oh, just like crying that. out loud. Yeah. So you got to wow. beat the masses is the other part. You can't just find a place that you like. You have to also get your application in within five minutes of leaving the place. Oh, boy. I'm sorry, man. That's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Well, are you looking you got for, a hole in your you, ceiling. Are you looking for like a bigger place? Like, a, I mean, than what you have now, though? Yes, uh, because right now we have a storage unit because we just have too much stuff. Mm. And because we only it's only like 750 square feet in our apartment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. us both working from home, our living room is also our office kind of cramps everything. Nice. I okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about the hole in your ceiling, but I'm glad that you don't have a hole in your heart. <laughs> I know. Ah, love. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? Tis the Valentine's Day season where we show that special someone in our lives a bit of something extra special to remind them how much we can and will conform to the norm for social media currency. Love may be hit or miss, maybe hot or not in your life, but one thing's for sure, it is all over our media. Books, TV, movies are never going to run out of those tropey, dopey love stories that we love so, so much. But which are the best? Today, we are discussing our top five fictional relationships. To enhance discussion, we didn't share our list with each other. And by no means, oh my God, by no means are we experts or historians in said category. We are just a few dudes who like to talk nonsense. So, Tom, what's your number one ship, buddy? Well, to start off with, all of mine are from movies. I'm not okay. I'm not sure about you guys, but I went all movies for mine. Um, and this first one, there's only been a couple movies where I felt like watching it in the theater i was just like glued to it like most movies i'm kind of looking around sometimes i'm not always intrigued but the movie her starring joaquin phoenix and scarlett johansson i love that movie in the theaters and i'm i i don't remember everything from it because i actually haven't seen it in like five years i'm probably going to rewatch it tonight but 
it had my attention the whole time, which is really weird for like a romantic movie. Like it's easy for a Mad Max Fury Road to keep my attention the whole time, but it's such an interesting movie that is essentially, you can dumb it down to a man in love with his phone. It's way more than that. but it is essentially what it is where it's a guy taking his phone around as if it's his girlfriend and like actually going out on dates with his phone with other people, like group dates with people. And I've just, I loved that movie when I saw it. I remember that Zach was actually the only other person I knew that had seen it. Uh, We were at Mike's uh, uh, bachelor party bachelor and bachelorette party because they did a a joint one i believe both of you were there but i i tried talking to multiple people about it and none of them knew and then zach showed up and he was like yeah i love it and i was like yes zach i love you (laughs) (laughs) well that's a perfect time for perfect time for me to jump in because i also have that on my list theodore wombly Mm -hmm. and samantha samantha is the operating system but I'm going to say, because it's actually one of my favorite films of all time, it is uh, in the top 10 easily, and it is uh, in my top 10 of the 2010s as like one of the best films. But basically, um, you know, he he falls in love with his operating system, and it's this, it's this, um, I, don't, I, I don't, it's not dystopian, but it's a futuristic setting where it's not so far in the future where it seems unattainable. It seems like it could be five years from now. And we're already kind of seeing this stuff with, you know, um, all the echoes and Google homes and Siri. And so the idea behind it is it's not just a guy falling in love with his phone. It's about that human connection that we long for. And this poor guy, he was married for the longest time and he was still in love with his ex-wife, but they, they, we're getting divorced. He had the divorce papers and he couldn't let go. He needed that thing to push him to let go. And he found it in the companionship of his operating system. And they built an actual relationship. And I think it's, it's such a beautiful film that uh, sublimely discusses what, what is human? What is love? And who, who is one person to tell another that they can't be in love with this, you know, thing. And so, on the surface, when you explain it, yeah, just as, you know, the phone, yeah. fall, a guy falling in love with his phone. Absolutely. But it, it is such a beautiful film. And I think it's 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 so important to now because we rely on technology so much and with how it advances, you know, it's it's just it's utterly superb. And um, you fall in love with Scarlett Johansson. There are so many fantastic one liners. Amy Adams is incredible in it. And it's just about being happy, man. It brings a tear to my eye every every time I watch it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, Theodore Wombly and Samantha. I'm glad you put that because that is on my list as well. Wow. Yeah, I, I have not. I have not seen the movie yet. You oh, should. Uh, I think it's on I Netflix. I, I, yeah, it's not like I would steer away from this movie. It sounds interesting enough that it would, you know, I, I, I dig the premise of it, you know, but it's, it's not something that would you know, weird me out or anything, but it's like, I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. It just got stuck in the pile and got lost in the shuffle. I just never got around to seeing it. But yeah, it's uh, directed by Spike Jones. Who's done a lot of like music videos and other films. And actually he loosely based it off of his relationship with Sofia Coppola and um, the best art that we get. I'm sorry to cut you off, but the best art that we, that we usually get is when an artist puts their, their pain and their emotion into something. And this was his cathartic experience to let go of her. Right. And so um, it's 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 just 
it's it's very good. I, I I highly highly recommend it, Eric. I think I think that you might like it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely got my attention. I mean, if it's got your stamp of approval, it's got Tom's stamp of approval. Oh then yeah, that's that's all I that's all the motivation I need. Now I just need to find the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, with uh, with with some of these on the list, um, I was gonna. I think most of mine. I think really most of mine came from TV shows. I really only have one that came from a movie. Uh, it's the first one here, and I wanted to start off with it simply because it's like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a lie. You tell me if you if you recognize it. Hold it, hold it. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? Is this a kissing book? <laughs> Do you know the movie? I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. Princess it's, Bride. Uh, the Princess Bride. Oh, duh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, Princess Bride. Oh, you read yeah. the Fred Savage line. I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Little Fred Savage. Yeah. Oh, is this a kissing book? Uh, you know, romance. Uh, <laughs> it's something we, you, you, you won't mind it so much when you get older, is I think what the grandpa said. Um, Wesley and Buttercup are the first uh, couple I put on here. Most of my list i i i wanted to tend towards couples where they were already coupled up like early on either at the start or early on in the run of the show um because a lot of the tropes you see a lot of the stories you see are that are romances are the will they won't they get together kind of uh thing and uh, you know romance isn't just about the pursuit it's also the maintaining in the long run you know um those couples who have been together for a long, long time or, um, you know, also, also there's got to be romance there <laughs> in order for it to last, right? So I'm fascinated by that, but I do break from that for the first one here, Wesley and Buttercup, because um, what a fascinating and fun story. And I'll tell you, when I first saw it as a kid, I, you know, I was feeling the same way Fred Savage was. I wasn't super into romantic stories. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys were as kids, but typically boys are more into the you know, Ninja Turtles and, <laughs> and action and stuff like that. But, um, but it was still, still love the story. And it's a timeless classic that uh, should be shown and told over and over and over again. And, but of course, by the end of the story, the Fred Savage character doesn't mind the kissing so much. And, you know, it's a heartwarming and all that, but Wesley and Buttercup, Wesley goes to the end of the, I, I don't even have to tell you the story. Everybody will, everybody listening to this, you've seen the movie, you know why they're such a great couple. Um, it's over the top, uh, fictional action <laughs> fantasy movie, but the love is pretty cool and pretty pure and pretty intense. And they'll sacrifice themselves for one another. And it's just a fun, fun movie. It's one of my all time favorites. So I, I think it is for you guys too. Great choice. Uh, it is definitely one of my favorites. And that's why it's also on my list. Hey, how about that? I watch Princess Bride at least once a year because it's just a perfect movie it's just for for the the genre that it is it is just the perfect thing sword fighting could be a little better but that's okay um yeah but yeah it's a great love story and i didn't really notice the love story as much because i'm a boy and i like the action and the yeah. adventure of it all and, and, all the good and lines. as you watch it more and more you you get the the love story out of it more than just oh those funny funny guys inconceivable inconceivable <laughs> it anybody, is inconceivable. anybody want a peanut <laughs> <laughs> yeah i we did that for the podcast um and it, it was actually the first time i'd seen it in a very very long time because i didn't remember anything from it 
And I utterly loved it. And I I was I went into it thinking it was a little overrated because everyone was like, I love it so much. And then I watch it. I'm like, oh, OK, I love it. <laughs> it's no, re- no, all it's these really people good. are right. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's just a feel good fairy tale film. But I agree with you guys. I, I love Wesley and Buttercup. I think they're so great. Love. Mm. love. <laughs> oh, dude, Tom, do you have any idea how close I came to like performing or so? I, I thought about it. I wanted to go there. Oh, but I was like, no. Nah. Yeah. And I would have been totally, <laughs> totally okay with it. Whitney, on the other hand. Mowage. <laughs> wife Wings as hair tagala. Love. True love. Hey, I have, an, I have another opportunity coming up in August, so maybe Danielle oh, yeah. will be into that. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> nice. Good choice. Danielle and Alex. They, I don't know. They might be into that. Who knows? So, all right. Well, I think that kind of wrapped Tom up into his number two choice already, didn't it? It sure uh, did. Yeah, yeah, it did. So I guess so I think we got uh, either you or me. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Then I'll just lead on to my second one then. Uh, I'll just – seems like it's back to back. That's cool. Um. I love, as I said, I love shows that have the couples that are through the long haul of it. And one of my favorite is Marshall Erickson and Lily Aldrin in How I Met Your Mother. I love that show. It's so much fun. It's so interesting. But and technically, the the show's about Ted and his long and ridiculously winding and obnoxious at times road to meeting the mother. That's the premise of the show. But the emotional and foundational heart of the show is around Marshall and Lily's marriage and how they, uh, they were already together when the show started. And then, you know, just like any other couple, they have their problems and they find a way to, to work through it. And sometimes it isn't right away. Sometimes it isn't that very same episode. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. That's, that's real. I think uh, we talked about this when we talked about top five sitcoms. I think we were, like I said, it was with, um, how I met your mother. It's a lot like friends, but it feels more real and more true to life than friends did. Uh, I don't even know if that's true. I guess that's pers- perspective. That's my perspective. That's what it feels like to me. Um, they, they feel more of a, a real couple Marshall and Lily. They're, they're silly. They're goofy. They're in it for the long haul. Um, happy couple doesn't automatically mean boring couple either. Uh, they definitely <laughs> have their times that are rut, but uh, they, they, they're, Bedroom shenanigans alone are pretty great. Um, you just have to watch the, the show. It's, it's fun. It's innocent. Uh, Marshmallow and Lilypad, they're, they're the true intimate couple of that show. Um, so, yeah, Marshall Erickson, Lily Aldrin, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, uh, I still have not seen any How I Met Your Mother. Same. <laughs> but I've got a question for you. Yeah. Are you going to watch How I Met Your Father, <laughs> which is now on Hulu? No. But it's got Lizzie McGuire uh, in it. I yeah, care. I like Hillary Duff. Yeah, she's great. I have no problem with Hillary Duff whatsoever. She's just fine. Sounds like you have but, a problem with her because you're not going to watch her show. What the hell, Eric? Yeah, misogynistic Ugh. pig. I've seen the last Ooh. three shows. Okay, I'll skip this one. Yeah. As a rule, I'm not a fan of spinoffs. Yeah. Unless it's Better Call Saul, which is I mean, the greatest yeah, it, it freaking TV show. <laughs> that's a very good point. Typically, <laughs> spinoffs are real hard to kind of stick the landing. So. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really given Better Call Saul much of a chance because I'm anti spinoff. Oh, but dude, you are missing I, out. Oh, I God. have seen some clips of the show. <laughs> so it seems pretty freaking good. One of these days, I'll actually sit down and go through and watch it. I just, you know, Ugh. 
Again, it's on the shuffle. It's in there somewhere. I'll get to it. I don't usually tell people they need to watch things, but holy buckets. I do. Better Call Saul is one of those ones that it is egregious. I I need to watch Ozark like everybody keeps saying. I'm going to watch the new Reacher show because everyone's talking about how cool it is. So I don't know. But Ozark for sure. Legend Ozark of Vox Machina, so on Amazon good. Prime. You gotta watch oh, I that. Saw that. Yeah. Also super like, good. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, I've never watched How I Met Your Mother either, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, Jason Siegel I, and, and uh, yeah. Mich- or Allison Hannigan. Yeah. I watch so few things. I'm sort of a... When it comes to shows, movies, video games, I'm not really a browser. I like the things that I like, and I kind of live in that pocket. You know what I mean? It takes me a while to sort of, but when I get invested, I'm very invested and I stay like, that's like a, one of my all time shows, the West wing. I've seen the West wing like five or six times, like a complete run through uh, the office. I've seen a bunch of times uh, parks and rec, same thing. How I met your mother a couple of times. It's, it's just one of those things where I don't know if it's a comfort food thing or whatever, but I, when I give a stamp of approval to a show and I say, you need to watch it, you will do what I tell you, Zach. No, I'm just no. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. When I tell you're, like, I'm, you're yeah. like me with music where I listen to the same like 15 bands and I've never introduced a new one since like yeah. music is I got my music. I don't need any music that comes out anymore. I'm good to go. Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, sometimes I like to browse and you'll surprise yourself and you'll find things. And that's how you come across new shows. I mean, when Zach tells me, no, dude, you really need to watch Better Call Saul. It's so been, good. You know, eventually I'll get to it, but yeah, typically totally. I'm not a, yeah, I don't like, but, but no, really though, when I, when I say, Hey, I really think you should watch the show. I feel like my recommendation is pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then again, I'm, I'm an obsessive, so don't mind me. <laughs> right on Zach. I think we're on to you now. <clears throat> cool. So for my second pick, um, I am a big Harry Potter fan. There are a lot of relationships in that. I was never really sold on Harry and Ginny, even like movies, especially. I thought it was awful. The books, I just was never super sold on it. But uh, Ron and Hermione for seven books the entire time you are like, man, they're just friends. And then there's little hints of, hey, they might like each other. The films do a really good job of building this up from the second one on where Ron is such a klutz. Hermione is, is so smart and way out of his league but they just fit together. And I think some of the greatest relationships that we see, uh, both personal relationships and fictional ones, are built through strong friendship. And, and it, a lot of people didn't like the uh, 7.5 film, but in Deathly Hollows Part 2, when they finally kiss, it is all of this tension, and it's just this, yeah, like moment, finally! And same thing in the books, too. It's just such an epic moment. So Ron and Hermione... It's so great to, to see their, their love blossom through seven years at Hogwarts together. But uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I mean, we grew up with those kids, you know? Yeah, exactly. Our, our, our generation grew up with those kids. Like, we were adults when the movies came out. But with the books, you know, we kind of grew up with them. And we watched them grow up and, and on the screen. And when they finally have that moment, it's triumphant. So I hear you. Yeah, it's like all of us collectively being like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. You know, like <laughs> super pumped. Yeah, that's how it went down. Uh, do, you, <laughs> do you know, I, was J- I think J.K. Rowling put something out that she, the way she envisions it in her head is that eventually they do split up. Oh, God, why does she do that? Just let let sleeping, what is it? Let sleeping lions lie or something like that. Like, Jesus, don't, don't you don't need to continue on with, with anything. Like when she was like, Oh yeah, well, Dumbledore's gay. It's like, well, we already knew that <laughs> you don't need to be weird about it. And 
Jeez. Come on, lady. But, yeah, and then by the way, they got an unhappy home where they're going to break yeah. up and the kids are going to be so sad. Don't uh-huh. ruin it for Take us. <laughs> Quit shitting all over our, our history. <laughs> Just childhood dreams. Our childhood history. But Ugh. Well, yeah. Well, in any event, uh, I don't know if you've said the 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 cursed child, or if you've read that one at all. I haven't, and I I kind of just don't really want to stray too much out of it. Like the Fantastic Beast films, okay, uh, they're okay. Um, I'm more just watching them because it's part of the story, you know, and seeing Grindelwald and all that. Um, but I just it's it's such a cash cow, and so for me, it's like what the <laughs> yeah. it's like what the Hobbit did for Lord of the Rings. I was like, nope. This is not this is not my cup, cup of tea. Okay, okay. So, so you kind of get where I'm getting at with the whole spinoffs and keeping the core. Oh no, I totally agree with you, and yeah. and I agree with you that mostly spinoffs aren't good, but there are some that are pretty pretty good. So pretty 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 yeah. good. Yeah, I hear you. Some of them surprise you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Okay, well, that's a that. Which one was that for you? Was that your two. number two? Yeah. All right. So I've got two down. You've got two down. Tom, how many do you have down? Two. Well, I'm about to have three. Oh boy! Okay, was that <laughs> uh, access? Yeah, a little bit, you know. All right, good. Something, you, something. All right, uh, all right. So this is probably my favorite romantic movie, uh, and I actually rewatched it three fourths of it last night and fell asleep towards the end because it was like two o'clock in the morning. Um, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm. uh, Joel and Clementine. So. For people who haven't seen the movie, the first 20 minutes, they meet each other. And it's like, oh, sweet. And then it jumps to they're breaking up. Oh, no. And then and then Joel finds out that Clementine erased him from her memory. There's like this service in this world where you can just have somebody completely taken out of your memory. And he decides to do it, too. And the bulk of the movie is inside Joel's head where they're erasing memories and the first few memories are, are bad memories because that's why their relationship ended. So you start at the bad stuff, but then you start to realize as he's going through all the good memories that they had and he's losing those, that their relationship, sure, it had a lot of bad things in it, but it had lots of good things and him trying to save those memories where he's going through his mind to try to like hide her away in his mind, away from these people trying to erase her and actually get some of his old memories erased that aren't related to her, which I didn't realize until like I watched it for the third time. I was like connecting dots, like, wait a second. And then like at the end, of the memory wipe, you think, oh no, she's gone. But then you realize that first 20 minutes was actually them meeting a second time. So after their memories were wiped, they both put messages inside their heads to meet in Montauk and they meet there. And it's just like, it's a beautiful story of just being able to hold on to the one you love, even though they're being ripped away from you. And, oh, it's such a good movie. It like gets me all teary eyed. I totally agree yeah. with you, Tom. And and for a hot second, I thought we were doing romantic films and that was going to be on mine because I think it's an unconventional love story in the sense of, I mean, Charlie Kaufman did it and he is just out of this world, like all over the place, but very good storyteller. And I mean, it's very um, fantastical realism is what I would probably call it because it goes all over the place. Visually, it's it's beautiful. And both Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are fantastic in it. But yeah, you know, 
when I think of that, and even like with her, the movie her, I think of actually a Butters quote from South Park. And so <laughs> where, you know, they talk about like infinite sadness and and it's kind of morose. These two, two films are talking about because they're not, you know, like meet cutes. We both meet at a cafe and then we fall in love together. It's a ups and downs and there's a lot of downs. So but Butters, he says, well, yeah, and I'm sad. But at the same time, I'm really happy that something could make me feel that sad. It's like it makes me feel alive. You know, it makes me feel human. And the only way I could feel this sad now is if I felt something really good before. And I thought that was so incredibly well written from South Park. Um, <laughs> it's just but it, 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 it's right. And it, it really kind of changes your perspective on. I know that Joel wanted to erase his memories of her because they hurt so bad. But you have to realize his hurt is so strong because he felt so good at a time. And I think you need to pause and take a step back and be like, I'm really fortunate for the time that I had with this person. And I think that me personally, like in relationships that I've had where I've, you know, I don't want to say lost loved ones. They haven't died, but, you know, we, we separated, we broke up or whatever. It, it took a while to get over. But then I think about it at random times. I'm like, I'm really glad that we were together. I, I still love that person. They were there always be a part of my life. And I'm thankful for what they've given me. So I yeah. think it's just very, very grounded in, in reality in that sense, even though it's very fantastical. So. Well, that's really touching. And, and, you know, doubling back on what you said about Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I mean, let's, they do a lot of fart jokes and stuff like that. But They're so smart. <laughs> they, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, they I definitely mean, they're, they're do. Brilliant. It's so and I, I think about that. I think about that moment with Butters literally probably once a month I think about it. Uh, even though I saw that scene years ago. It's it's so emotionally uh, rich and um, the embrace embracing of sadness as a natural part of healing. Um, that's a that's a big important and <laughs> thing to even talk about like on today and for this particular episode we're talking about Valentine's Day because some people mm -hmm. you know they're they're sucking right now this is a bad time for some folks so if they made it this far into our episode then you know <laughs> just know that. just know that people love you you are I, seriously people love you out there even if you don't think they do and I don't like Valentine's Day just because. I'm single and that's just kind of one of those things that I don't really like Valentine's Day because it's commercialized. But, you know, it is a hard time for a lot of people, like you're saying. So just remain positive, folks. Things get better, I promise. Uh, I just want to jump in and say that I love when uh, comedians or funny people have serious roles. Like this is Jim Carrey's like best role. And at no point is he like goofy. Yeah. Um, I also realized that recently with uh, Kevin Hart. He has two things on Netflix. Uh, one's called Fatherhood, and then I forgot the name of the other one. It's a mini series, and like actually seeing these people not be their goofy selves, I, I love not having to see Jim Carrey be Ace Ventura all the time, right? Because he kind of got stuck in that. Yeah, I mean, comedy is incredibly difficult to do, so it's still a skill set that, you know, it's valuable. But yeah, get, seeing them step out of that and just show the dramatic bent that they have that in their, of course, they have that in their character, their DNA. It's like one of the first things you learn when you're trying to be an actor, right? Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Robin Williams did a lot of those, too. You mm. know, when he had his beard, that's when he was in the serious movies. <laughs> That was always the tell. <laughs> yeah. Serious beard. Yeah. Goodwill yeah. Hunting. Steve Carell, same thing. He's fantastic. Yeah. 
So, and I, mm. we talked about this on the Don't Be Crazy podcast, how uh, comedic actors actually just can carry the most range. Anybody can be a dramatic actor. I don't mean anybody, but anybody can be a dramatic actor, but trying to relate that to comedy is a lot harder than being a comedic actor and relating and, and doing drama. You're just so well-versed. And um, I think it's, it's fascinating. So that's why those, that's why those actors are top notch, man. Absolutely. Well, speaking of sort of a comedy, uh, I'm my third one. I'm going to go with is Andy Dwyer and April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Mm. I love April and Andy. Everybody loves April and Andy. You've both seen Park and, Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, okay. No. Well, okay. You have to. No, I, do, I know. I know. I, I need to. I, I definitely need to. I yeah, but for a personal recommendation, I think you would love it for a lot of reasons. But April and Andy, uh, <laughs> spoiler, uh, they are young and they get together fairly early on. I think season three or whatever, season two or season three, they they get together. It's a little yeah. bit of the will they, won't they early on, but then they get together and then like immediately get married. Like stupid young, crazy <laughs> young. Like there's no, there the in the some of the adults. Uh, like Leslie is like sees a big red flag here. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Like, you only just started. Like, this is this can't possibly work. And well, it does work throughout the series. And they have their problems, but for whatever reason, they just seem to work. And it shows that a lot of time when you think you know just because this is what the convention says doesn't always apply on the small scale. The large you know, the, playing the percentages, the percentages mean nothing to the individual case, you know, um, some, they'll tell you don't get married really young. And there, there's good reason for that. They tend to fail, but they don't always. So um, with April and Andy, there, uh, there's one meme I saw where it's basically like what would happen if a dog and a cat got married? <laughs> that's just their personalities are just so. Opposite yeah, that's of actually one pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they play off each other kind of like that. For whatever reason, they they they're able to just be the most important people in each other's lives, and they don't. You know, they end up like working together a lot, and it's cool. Some couples, you know, that again, another one of those tropes where. You wouldn't want to work with somebody like you're in a relationship with, would you? I would. I'd be. That'd be great seeing Mandy every day at work. I wouldn't get sick first. She wouldn't get sick of me. That month that we had off for the whatever, that was awesome. We just sat on the couch and like watched Park and Rec again. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, um, I think relationships like that. It's a little bit idealized in a TV show because it. it, sh- it it gives us something to, it's like what we want to believe in. We want to believe in love, right? We want to believe that these things work. That's why they're so, uh, it's, it's so wholesome that we see a couple like Andy and April make it work. You know, it might be a more interesting and dramatic and true to life to see them ripped apart by the tides of fate. But God, I don't watch Parks and Rec for that. You know, who, who, who wants to see that when you're watching that show? So uh, that's why we like to have an example of that. Andy and April are wonderful. So that's uh, that's my number three. Very nice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can't stand Chris Pratt. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never liked Chris Pratt and it, he, it bugs the shit out of me. But um, 
I know I need to watch Parks and Rec. I mean, yeah. everybody tells me I know I, I know I'll like it. I, I just have yeah. been, I've been putting it off again. I have a he's, lot of stuff I need to watch. <laughs> right. With with this particular with Parks and Rec, he's the sort of the himbo, the yeah. goofy sort of well-meaning, the, the lovable idiot. Like yeah. yeah. Like, but then he became it's his sweet. That's Chris Pratt's sweet spot is lovable yeah. idiot. Like but then he became all hot and like all, hey, I'm cooler than you. And I'm like, fuck off, Chris Pratt. Well, that actually became a, a joke like in the later seasons. Stuff. Yeah, that yeah. became a part of the joke later in like later when he lost like, you know, his weight mm-hmm. to do one of the movies he had to do. I think it was Zero Dark Thirty. I think it was. And yeah, uh, the character of Ben's like, so wait, you just stop drinking beer over the summer and you lost 50 pounds. He's like, yeah, it was, it was just weight just fell off. How much beer were you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> probably, probably too much. As Tom drinks yeah. his beer. <laughs> as, as Tom oh, goes slip down. Very nice. Uh, yes. I, I really do. Even if uh, Chris Pratt's not your cup of tea. Yeah. I think, yeah, I do think it's a show you would enjoy. Um, I don't know if you've seen clips of the show at all. Oh yeah, I, I've seen enough uh, clips and memes to to know, you know, uh, like he's funny. I'm sure, and I've laughed at some of the clips that I've seen with him too. I, I, I definitely will laugh. Don't get me wrong. But. Oh yeah, and it's not the whole show. And there, there's so many wonderful actors in that. Like Rob Lowe, when he gets into the show, is yeah. just <laughs> their nature's candy. Amazing. I like that. Uh, he, yeah, <laughs> he's like, okay. he's yes. like these are raisins. He's like their nature's candy. I thought of you so many times when I, I say saw that, that a lot. Character. I say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. So, cool. okay. Uh, All right. What about you, sir? What, what's your number uh, three? Well, so switching it over to the uh, basically the far superior show to Parks and Rec, The Office, um, the famous couple, Pam and Jim. I think that, you know, through the entire eight seasons of The Office that we have, you get so many um, ups and downs and moments that you want to celebrate, but you, you, feel weird about i think there's nine seasons actually about the office anyways um and with jim and pam throughout the entire show you're 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 wanting them it's just very much like the hermione and ron thing you're wanting them to get together but it never lines up for them uh pam is dating roy they're engaged roy's a piece of shit everyone us as a as a you know for the in the fourth wall audience member we're like oh my god it's so stupid like you belong with jim and then Jim goes off and does things uh, casino night. He confesses his love for her. I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I'm glad he wanted to tell her, but that was such an emotional scene where he's like, no, you know, stop. I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be more than friends. And it, it's just like so up and down. And then finally they get together at the end of season four, at the end of season three, at the start of season four. And you are just so elated and so happy. And then it goes from there. It pitter patters off in the, in the last two seasons, which I'm not a fan of. But Pam and Jim are quite the couple. The wedding yeah. episode is one of my yeah. all-time favorites. It's, I absolutely yeah, just love everything that they do. I think Jim is such a sweetheart, and I love Pam. She angers me at times, but Jim equally angers me at times because he can be an idiot, and it's just sure. uh, very good. Well, I, I think that circles back on what I was just talking about. We like the happily ever afters, and I think that's what's part of um, part of what's so appealing about these stories, where the the will they, won't they, and then the finally at the end, Elizabeth Bennet gets with Mister Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, and like we assume the happily ever after. We don't see all the the ups and downs, the pitfalls that come with that naturally come with a marriage, right? With Jim and Pam, the will they, won't they. There's even a little bit that. I mean, there's a little bit of a struggle there too because she is engaged to Roy, and some people are having, you know, 
for some people that was difficult to reconcile, but then we're just like sh- literally shipping Jim and Pam, like, Oh, you belong with him. Like that's any of our business, but whatever <laughs> we're in <laughs> yeah. the audience. Um, but I, I agree. That's why at the end it was kind of a little icky. I don't know how much I, I didn't really care for the last couple of seasons there, but uh, you're right. The, the wedding episode was charming, heartwarming, hits all the boxes. It's one of some of the best television. I agree. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I was going to add an office relationship to mine, but I cut it off as the last one. I was actually going to go with uh, Michael and Holly. Okay, yeah. I think their romance is even better than Jim and Pam's because Jim and Pam sometimes make me angry at the things they do, both of them. But Michael and Holly, that's just good stuff right there. That's a good relationship. Even when right. she had a boyfriend, they they did it respectfully. Like he wasn't like kind of like flirting with her so much as Jim. Yeah, Jim he wasn't Mister Waiting in the Wings, that are, motherfucker that Jim yeah. was. Yeah, he was just like, eh, maybe she'll come back and that'll be good. But Jim was like hovering all the time. So I'm going to jump in and give my number four. I was actually going to leave it for number five as a surprise. But yeah, Holly and Michael is is my other couple. Oh. And the, the reason why is because The Office only exists because of Steve Carell. It, it would not be mm-hmm. the same show. We saw what happened for the final two seasons when he was gone. It, it would not be the same show. Um, you have Threat Level Midnight, you have <laughs> Dink and Flicka, you have everything that he he does, the, the cringeworthy moments that encapsulates a, a boss. We've all had a boss like this, or we've all had coworkers that have done things like this that you were just like, I can't look away, it's so bad. And this poor guy has had so many relationships throughout uh, his, his time on, on The Office, and he... He, he just wants friends and he wants a family and he wants all the things that I think we all want. But everyone who looks at him just sees him as as an idiot, as a moron. But he's he's actually a great person on the inside. And I think finding your 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 counterpart in a person like Holly Flax, who just completely, um, you know, feeds off of his energy, completes his sentences, is the exact same kind of dork and kind of weird that Michael Scott is 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 so beautiful and he has to make that incredibly hard decision you know it's it's only eight, eight hours away there's a little we, i can pull over here for this bed and breakfast you know i was envisioning a, a cute roadside b&b <laughs> um and and they both know on that car ride there that it's not going to work out for them it's too far and so they make the adult decision to, to break up but as i yeah. said before like with eternal sunshine and her letting go of those things in the past is so hard to do and i'm i'm always optimistic for things. And so when he finally gets the opportunity to get back with her, um, finds out she has a boyfriend is accepting of it, even though he was kind of upset with it. And then they finally just realize that they're meant for each other. I think that's so incredibly wonderful. And so I, I love the dorkiness between them. Um, Absolutely. So Holly and Michael are, are on my list for sure. I'm so glad I could ruin that surprise. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we wasted the good it makes surprise me feel on warm you. inside. Nah, that's what well, she said. I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because Michael and Holly were the perfect complement to each other. They were alike in all the right ways and the ways they differ made each other stronger. Yeah. They were such an impressively written. Co- I mean, yes, they were written that way, but it's just impressive that they were able to really boil it. It's really find each other in that. And the actors who played it off were just obviously. Yeah. Amy Ryan is is great. Yeah. She's great in the wire. She's great in this, but I mean, you know, for me, my counterpart 
because I mean, they think soulmate, right? People say soulmate or love is like when you're, when you're, person meets their counterpart, basically, um, or the recognition of your soul to its counterpart. And I think that it's so cool because like, for me, I know that I'm really attracted to people who are goofy, who don't take things too serious. I know that that's a trope that a lot of people will say, but I, I literally mean that like, yeah, be serious about certain things, but other stuff, just laugh, just joke. And I think it's so great, you know, that Michael Scott carries a whoopee cushion with him <laughs> to random places. And Holly, <laughs> when 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 I whenever I quote things and I quote things all the time, I go crazy if somebody will finish my quote or they know what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm instantly like in love with that person. <laughs> and so I think it's so great that, you know, the Holly Flax, marry me, you will. And they do the, the Yoda stuff <laughs> and acting. it's just yeah, it's I love it. My buddy Justin does not like Holly at all, and I I find her so funny, and I think they have such a good. She's so she's so endearing. Yeah, mm. she really is. And I was thinking about oh, that was Sorry. so loud. <laughs> Sorry, ear. I was uh, thinking about today. Sorry, we, I thought I was muted. <laughs> no, it's okay. When they when they had their uh, first or their you know third date, and he's like, "Do you think we're gonna have sex after this?" And she's like, "Hell yeah!" And he's like, "Wonder what I, wonder what I should get for dinner." <laughs> Something light, maybe soup. <laughs> so I was thinking about it when I was cleaning. <laughs> like maybe I should get some soup tonight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so moving on to Tom, your number four. Okay, my number four. It might be kind of a cheat because it's actually real life, kinda. Um, but it's the big sick with Camille Nanjani and uh, Emily Gordon. Um, so this is a movie that. Camille and his wife, Emily wrote, and it's about how they got together. And it's a real, they, they started dating each other. And then Camille was still seeing these other ladies that his parents were making him see because of arranged marriages and, you know, uh, Pakistani culture. So he didn't tell her about these and they have a huge fight when she finds like this box full of pictures of these women because, that would make anyone angry. Sure. If they don't and know they, what the deal is. Yeah. They have a big fight and they kind of break up, but not really. And then she goes into a coma and like, she gets like a blood disease, I believe or something. And she goes into a coma for like a couple months and he um, has to like, he goes to the hospital and is there with her parents and her parents are like, didn't you guys break up? And her parents like stay with him because they can't, they don't have a place to stay. They can't find a hotel or something. And it's just a, a great love story about like holding on to something, knowing that you didn't like you didn't do the right thing the first time he should have told her or told his parents. And it's it's just a great love story. And I love that it's real life, that it actually happened and that he could sit down and say, hey, this is how me and my wife got together. Like, isn't this crazy? <laughs> yeah. True stories are, I mean, they're impactful for a reason, man. They really happen. So <laughs> that that's that's great that that's great that you found that. I, I had never heard that story before. Yeah. I just knew him from Silicon Valley. I was like, oh, Camille. Okay, I know him. I guess I'll watch this movie. And then I watched the movie. Like, oh, that was a good movie. And then you go and look online and you're like, wait a second. Like, this was real? Like, this is this is life? <laughs> I don't I don't like when life does this to me. Oh, God. How dare you really experience things that I was 
fictionally thinking about anyway. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. You and your charming, heartwarming life experiences. Yeah, and now he's like chiseled and has great abs, so <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with it, but it's just I don't know that's either, all I think about now with him, but he has you like for... super abs now. Ugh. All right. To Google I shall go. <laughs> all right. Well, I will go on to my number four. Uh, they're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and they're perfect for each other. You'd be, I could be pretty hard pressed to find a more passionate couple than Gomez and Morticia Adams, right? From the Adams family. That is not a sexless marriage. <laughs> Gomez is all over her. I, I was, I, I can't remember the exact line that he had, but when she was uh, the movie from the early nineties, when, Morticia was sleeping, and he's like, I would die for her. I would kill for her. Either way, what bliss? <laughs> it's perfect. That's, that whole scene is perfect. Gomez, I don't know if, how much of the Adams Family you guys have ever seen. Uh, the movie I've seen, not the old stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've I seen love them the in a movie. Movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the, the. I only saw the one from. The, I can't remember what year it came out. The early nineties it came out, but um, it's my it's my favorite edition of them. And Gomez and Morticia they play off each other. They are uh, weirdly and creepily perfect for one another. Again, some of these couples they just seem to be they just seem to last for whatever reason. They're just they just fit each other. And Gomez and Morticia are I don't know who's into that sort of genre, but some people are. Uh, I don't even know what genre they would fit in. Are they? They're not really horror. They're they're sort of their own thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I mean, they're not really god. I don't know, but it's like uh, horror comedy, comedy horror. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, let's see. She's just like gothic comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's got to be the only. Yeah. She's like last night. You were unhinged. You frightened me. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that look he gave her as he came through the shadows is just the crazy eyes. Yeah, he's that is a, that is a enthusiastic marriage. Let's just put it that way. But Gomez and Morticia are. You can find all kinds of blog posts about those two, about how great they are, how their relation hashtag relationship goals. I think, <laughs> there you go. That's what they say. So that's my number four. Gomez and Morticia. Very nice. Yeah. Jump back up to Tom for his number five. Jumping back up to me. Okay. So I'm going to start this one off with a, a little bit of a rant about A Christmas Story. Now, A Christmas Story, I hate that movie. Not because it's a bad movie, because it's on for 24 hours a day. And there should only be one movie that's on for 24 hours a day. And that is Groundhog Day. It is the only movie that should go for 24 hours because it makes sense. It loops. Come on, guys. I like the romance in Groundhog's Day because Bill Murray's character, Phil, starts out as a douche. We all know. And then he starts off by trying to make the perfect day with Annie McDowell's character, Rita. And it never goes right because he's always just trying too hard and you shouldn't have to try too hard in love. 
once he starts just kind of going with it and just being himself and doing his thing and becoming a better person, that's when Rita starts to like him because he's actually being a good person and just not trying to get her in the sack on one of his many, many, many todays. <laughs> um, it's also a great movie. And that's all we need to know. I mean, ugh. Bill, it's, it's probably Bill, Bill Connors. <laughs> Every time. It's oh, so God, funny. I love it. Ned, Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Sock him in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. You're right. That's it. That's ugh. a good one. And, and you you uh, eloquently put it, Tom. It's, well, you know, you, you shouldn't have to try so hard and you should learn to be a better person in general because um, you get to see someone for who they truly are. And. You could you could equate it to basically saying, yeah, you could keep dating around and hooking up and doing whatever you want. But until you learn to love yourself, then, you know, then you'll find that that true one that will stick. And Rita really saw that in him. And even though obviously she didn't know he was in a loop, you could uh, metaphorically say that he's just playing around. Yeah, Uh, it's a great movie. The only thing that really strikes me from that movie is imagine how much you can learn if you got to loop the same day over and over and over again, you know, think about what's, you know, just think about what kind of skills you can learn. Uh, there was a Star Trek episode, uh, Deep Space Nine, where Miles O'Brien was like in prison for 25 years, but it was only 25 years in his mind. He was actually only in prison for like four hours or whatever real time. And so, yeah, well, so yeah. obviously that's mental torture, but it made me think of, man, what if you could do that and like learn a whole new skill, learn other languages? <laughs> what if like your entire post-secondary education, everything you wanted to learn, you know, go for, you can learn that in the span of a, like a couple days, but you actually, in your mind, it's like 20 years. How much wiser would you be? How much could you possibly learn? That's the only thing I think of with Groundhog Day. Cause he like teaches himself <laughs> the piano and things like that. But you're, you're, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a good love story and you have to learn about yourself in order to, to, to be a better person, not just for another person, but for yourself Absolutely. too. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a amazing movie. It's worth a watch every single year for groundhog day, which was just the other day, I believe Yeah, the second. Pun- uh, we should Punks have done a groundhog, Phil. Day, a groundhog day themed episode. I wonder what that top five would be. Top five groundhog days. Top five. Groundhogs. They would just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> top five groundhogs. Top five Bill Murray movies. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Not too shabby. I, I would do that. Not too shabby. Eric, fifth and final. Marge and Homer Simpson. Oh, I forgot about them. That's a great one. Marge and Homer Simpson. Talk about your relationships that have their ups and downs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, poor Marge. Poor, poor Marge. She's so well-meaning and she wants to do right and... Homer mostly wants to do right too. And that's why she sticks with him. He doesn't have any like, you know, criminal intent. He's a, he's a sweet dope, but he is a dope and he does some stuff that sometimes he's selfish and some, you know, he, 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 he buys off more than he can chew. And that's really saying something when you talk about Homer Simpson, but it's a, it's a fun, iconic marriage that we all grew up watching. Simpsons has been on the air for 30 some odd years. Marge and Homer Simpson are, uh, I don't know if I would say hashtag relationship goals. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you're talking about. But depends on the episode. <laughs> I think it depends on the episode too, yeah. But there are definitely times where, like with Mandy and I, she definitely 
gives me that Marge <laughs> look and sound sometimes. <laughs> spider pig, spider pig. Whenever I do something just innocu- just stupid and out of nowhere for no reason that causes problems, I just like, oh, I, that was a spider pig moment. Sorry. I'll clean it up. <laughs> yeah, Marge and Homer Simpson is my number five. She puts up with a lot of his crap, and she even talks about it. She's like, remember that time that you used my wedding dress to clean the car? He's like, yeah. She's like, well, you owe me, remember? I said I wouldn't get mad, but you would owe me. So I, funny. I, I knew when we got married, we would never really have a whole lot, and I kept that vow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Levi's. What do you think is in that truck? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, good one. I watch Simpsons all the time, and I totally spaced on that. She puts up with so much stuff that Homer does. She's a strong woman, I tell you. Uh, well, you know, there's a couple episodes where, you know, she's heading out the door because she's had enough. And I think mm. you know, a lot of these long-form relationships, a lot of the time that you, you can get to that point. But mm-hmm. there's something about them that uh, they're in it for the long haul. They just work together. Yeah. They make each other better whether they like it or not. Totally. So, All right. What's your number? Well, you already did yours, right? Nope. I haven't done my fifth one yet. Oh, okay. was, it was yeah, going to be Holly and Michael, but Tom ruined the surprise. So uh, yeah. I will jump to one of the best uh, romantic comedies of all time, arguably, in 1989, when Harry met Sally. And so okay. I'm doing Sally and Harry, uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. They are fantastic in it. And if you have not seen the film, basically, it is a love story that spans uh, the course of maybe like a decade and it's not a typical love story in the sense of a meet cute, right? Where you instantly fall in love with a person. Um, it's also not as uh, morose as we've talked about for like her or, the, or um, eternal sunshine. It's somewhere kind of in between. And it's about how you can be friends with women. And Billy Crystal says men and women can't be friends, but that's the whole idea. The film subverts that and you can let relationships grow organically through friendships. And I think that that's so fantastic. And what happens in it is they just keep having chance encounters throughout their life. Um, And actually it's funny because their friends end up getting married too, but they have chance encounters throughout their life and eventually develop something. So then the entire movie you're watching the foundation being built, even though you don't necessarily think it is. And then it kind of keeps blossoming to a will they, will they, will they finally they do. And yeah, it's a, it's a real good film. And I I really like the couple. They feed off each other. Well, especially the famous diner scene where she orgasms um, and you know, they all have what she's having uh, seen. So I don't uh, don't think I know that scene. Will you uh, act it out for us? She just goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then um, because he says, he's like, women don't fake orgasms. And Meg Ryan's like, you want to see? <laughs> so Sally, <laughs> she does it. And uh, the, the elderly lady's like, I'll have what she's having. Uh, so anyhow, it is a very good movie. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. It is a must watch for Valentine's Day. But yes, Sally and Harry are on my list. All right. Can, can I just say that sounded just like the scene? It's crazy how good you just did that. Yeah, like, exactly. That was beautiful. Yeah. He sounded just like the old lady. It's like those herbal essence commercials from the 90s when they would orgasm in the shower. I was like, this is really <laughs> like oh, yeah. edgy. I, re- I really want to wash my hair. Yeah, they go, yes, yes, yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I, I remember oh, I've my never mom done that in the shower. This is crazy. I remember my mom being very uncomfortable with that. It's like this should not be on TV. I'm like, what should not be on TV? I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's the problem? I don't understand. Thought, thought the lady she's, was just washing her hair. <laughs> she's really excited about her washing her hair. Yikes. 
crazy mom stuff. are you ever excited about washing your hair <laughs> uh that's enough for me yikes too much <laughs> <laughs> reel it back in <laughs> uh oh that's a pretty good list you guys i think we've had a pretty solid base we went all over the place on this i don't think we mentioned well i didn't mention elizabeth bennett and mr darcy from pride and prejudice but other than that really stick i stuck with most of the tv shows so yeah anybody have any other honorable mention anything else you, you almost made the list uh, just didn't quite make the cut uh i mentioned mine when i ruined zach's list <laughs> no. so. okay okay good i think we just about covered it up then Okay, so we'll just go down the list there. Thomas, top five, was Samantha and Theodore Wombly from Her, Buttercup and Wesley from The Princess Bride, Clementine and Joel from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Emily and Kamel from Big Sick, and Rita and Phil from Groundhog Day. My top five was Buttercup and Wesley from The Princess Bride, Lily and Marshall from How I Met Your Mother, April and Andy from Parks and Recreation, Morticia and Gomez Adams from the Adams family, and of course Marge and Homer Simpson from the Simpsons. Zach's were Samantha and Theodore Wombly from her, Hermione and Ron from Harry Potter, Pam and Jim from The Office, Holly and Michael from The Office, and Sally and Harry from When Harry Met Sally. Great list, guys. So, alrighty, thank you all for tuning in to the Top Five Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top Five, at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at E underscore Shane, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we are crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you so very much, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even when you think you're right. Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>